Welcome back, Udomaniacs, to the podcast that explores Udomania. Uda what? Udomania is wellness for your highest good. Each week, we dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well-being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps me, and you'll be alerted when a new conversation drops. While you're at it, go ahead and share this show with a friend or two. As a new podcast, this is the best compliment you can give me. Speaking of compliments, you've been so generous with your reviews that I'm going to read a new one each week this summer. Listener Jamie Barris says, Emily, I love your podcast and topics. Anything well-being, I'm all over and your podcast delivers it. Thanks so much, Jamie. If you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, I hope you'll feel inspired today. Now, let's get into the conversation. Angela Lundy is here to talk about how she's used human design, astrology, and gene keys on herself to gain a really deep understanding of who she is and what she came here to do. She's now leading others through a journey to rewrite the stories or narratives they tell so that they can uncover their true genius. If you follow human design, Angela is a 6'2 manifesting generator. I am a 6'2 generator. So let's dive in and learn what this is all about and how human design can lead us to our own flourishing, our own eudaimonia. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Emily. So nice to be here. It's great to have you here. So before you tell us about how your life has changed through using these tools and how they can help us, can you tell us like what is human design and also how does it differ from astrology? Yeah, so... uh... Astrology is a wonderful tool. I've I've always kind of checked my sun sign, checked other people's sun signs. I think everybody's kind of familiar with that. Astrology uses the stars and and the planets to kind of see how we interact in this world. And human design does the same thing. It's just a little bit different because it combines a couple of different points. It it, it combines the point of birth, which is your personality side. And then it has your design side, which is actually created in the womb. So you got these two, this kind of like subconscious programming and this conscious programming that interacts. And we can kind of see that in ourselves and other people, especially when we're using a tool like this. But so it combines those two things. And then it also combines the Hindu chakra system. The Chinese I Ching, which is a very ancient system that's been around forever that has the 64 ways. And it also has like quantum mechanics in there. So it combines all of these different systems into one body graph. And when you look at the body graph, it kind of reminds me of a circuit board. It's like the human circuit board. And it just tells me right off the bat, like, where do you have consistent energy? What did you come here as your gifts? to to share and where did you come kind of open so that you could be more sensitive to other people so you could take in other people's kind of where they are defined you take in so we have these transmitter spots where we're transmitting the the program and we have these where we're the kind of the receiver and we can kind of receive information from other people and when we're really aware of this it's like magic because all of a sudden you stop you know, maybe your parents had, were very defined and you were like thinking that that was you, that, that this is somehow you and you're kind of forcing it. But when you have this awareness, you can kind of let go of where you're open 
and kind of see that as more, ooh, I'm kind of tasting other people's energy there. And then you can see where you're defined and be like, ooh, this is where I came here. And when you settle into that energy, it really is a very, very strong guiding post to get you where you want to go. In case our listeners have never heard of human design, you're talking about being open and defined. (laughs) And that's like, wait, what? Your moms, your parents are defined. So can you say a little (laughs) bit about what that is? Yeah, yeah. And so we do use the birth time in human design. It's still kind of like astrology. You need your birth date, your birth time, your birth location. And so that moment, the kind of neutrino field, which science has kind of backed us up now. I mean, they don't maybe think that it's programming this, but that there are these neutrinos that are tiny, tiny little particles that do have information. And so they filter down through the, you know, air, the sky, wherever, wherever you are at that moment. And that's kind of we're just computer programs, right? We get programmed so we can have our slot, our place so that we can interact with all different people in different ways. And we can kind of have our little place there. So I love that. So so you have these nine centers. Some are open, some are defined, right? And so when he wants to pull up their chart, they can see these little gates. You have a gate on one end and a gate on the other. When they combine, that gives consistent energy from one system to the next. And those systems are now defined. When I say open, it means that you don't have a channel connecting. So you have these nine centers. So there's like two that are in the head, the head, the ajna, which the ajna is like kind of where the third eye is, or it's how we conceptualize. The head is kind of this pressure to think. You've got your throat chakra. It it lines up with the chakra system, right? You've got your throat. You have the heart center, which in human design, instead of chakra system, it splits it into two. So you have the heart, which is the G center, and the other heart, which is the ego or willpower. And then you have that sacral, which if you're familiar with the chakra system, the sacral is kind of that creation energy. Uh, You have the spleen, which is very intuitive. The spleen system is like that very whispery kind of system that's keeping you safe. You have the emotional system. Just to give an example, I have a defined emotional center. You have a defined emotional center. When anybody has a defined, about 50% of the population have that. They have a consistent wave, right? Your emotional center kind of goes in a wave pattern. It'll go up, it'll go down. It's pretty consistent. You can kind of figure out when it's going to go. You go up, you know you're going to go down, right? When you have an open emotional center, it's not defined, then you're pretty steady until you get into other people's energy and then you feel their wave. And it actually can be amplified at 200%. So somebody that has an unhealthy emotional wave and goes out into the world and kind of spills this onto people, those people are impasse and they feel that at 200% and that's very uncomfortable for them. So a lot of people with an open emotional center will kind of try to people please or or make sure that they know that they won't trigger that emotional wave. So everybody in my house is open besides me. So I thought that I was the calm one because I have this emotional wave, which, yes, I do get very excited and then it'll drop off and I'll be like, what a, you know, I don't have energy for this today. But I'm pretty calm. They would get in other people's energy or my energy if I came, if I was upset and amplify that. And I was like, 
I'm calm for you all the time. Why are you guys getting so upset? And when I learned this, I was like, oh, so now if I'm, you know, feeling full of emotional energy, I take myself on a walk or in another room, I don't spill it off into my family, right? Because and my kids come home and we talk about it a lot. They come home and they kind of have to shake off the emotions of everybody else. And, and and they're just more sensitive to it. And so we talk about that. That's their energy, not yours. You can you can understand them better, but we don't have to take it in. One of the things that came up for me when you were first describing this was like, I you know, friends often say, as we when we were parenting and we had young children, like I wish these kids came with their own manual. And as you were talking, I was like, actually, we do come with our own manual, right? Yes. yes. And so it's so cool to see how you're using that with your kids and with your family already. So I want to hear more about how knowing this information for yourself has changed your life or like the ways you've implemented it and have felt, I don't know, greater well-being. But before that, let's tell people how they could, the best place to find out what they are. I imagine people might want to listen and then like pause and go figure out what they are so they can apply it. I I will very soon have it on my website, but it's not on there yet. So okay. you can just Google human design chart. I do love Joe Jenna Zoe has the I think it's the human design dot com. I really like hers. But there are so many different places. You if you just Google free human design chart, you just put in your birth information, where you were born, all of that, and it'll pop up, and it'll look like a a human you know, with the, with these centers and, and it'll tell you things. It'll tell you your type, which we can go over. It'll tell you your profile, which is a, a number with a slash and a number. And so that gives us a lot of information about ourselves and other people. I love knowing people's profiles, although I can usually see it. In it. <laughs> if you're feeling tapped out and exhausted, it's important to understand the role of diet and lifestyle. What you put in your body and how you treat your body is going to literally impact how you feel in your body. This concept is key to your health and longevity. The mind and body cannot be separated. Every new cell of your body is formed from the foods you consume. These nutrients and other lifestyle practices impact everything, like how you feel, how you move, your self-talk, your relationships, your clarity of thought, your quality of life. So in my coaching, I address the whole person, digestion, sleep, stress, hormones, and more. So you can experience overall joy and ease. You can read more about my coaching on my website and sign up for a free consultation call. The links are in the show notes. Okay, so you and I are both six twos. If I said, if you knew I was a 6'2", what are some things that you just know are probably true for me? Well, I know for sure the first 30 years of your life, you had, you were very different. So the first 30 years of a six line, they're like, almost energetically know that they have to try all the things, that they have to do all the things, that they have to make all the mistakes the first 30 years, because they're here to be a role model. The six line is here to be a role model. But the first 30 years, you're here to be a three line which the three line is, I have to try it on my own. Trial and error, trial and error. I have to try it on my own. So trying all the things, almost every six line that I'll talk to has tried a lot of different things. They've gone all these different avenues and 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 maybe had a lot less fear about trying a lot of different things. 
And then it's like, as soon as you turn 30, it all of a sudden is like, whoa, now that push to go try every single thing is kind of gone. And I'm like, maybe not even as comfortable trying lots of things. So then the six line goes into, not that, I mean, you're a 35, we love trying new things, but not in the same way, not in the same carefree, young, I'm going to try it all. And so, so then the next 30 years is kind of this, or 20 years, is kind of like on the roof. So from 30 to 50, you're kind of taking all of the data that you've learned and you're pulling back a little bit. You're more observing people around you. You're more observing your own patterns and you're figuring it out so that you can share it with the world. And you just get better and better and better at that over this 20-year span. And then at 50, I always say... Six lines are like a fine line. We just get better, right? At 50, then you have all this energy to really go out and show, right? Like all of the things that I've learned, how I put it together. That's amazing that you can just describe my, what is a very true experience for me, you know, without knowing that and just by that number, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I love it. Just, just anybody that sees that they're a five line or is married to a five line, has a mom that's a five line. Five lines love to fix, right? They're like these superhero types that are like all this energy towards fixing. I'm going to fix. I always say five lines are really good coaches. A six line's kind of set back a little bit. You kind of observed. You kind of know that everybody has their own path and you're okay with that. Five lines not quite okay with that all the time because they want to fix. They want to take care of. You tell them they have a problem. You have a problem. How can I fix it? I I grew up with all five lines around me, <laughs> my mom, my dad, You're familiar. both of my sisters. <laughs> and still to this day, although now that I've had this podcast for a while and I've been sharing human design for a while, my mom and my sister are really good about, ooh, did you ask me what? what you... <laughs> I'm like, no, but that's okay. But they're, they're more aware of it, right? Because a five line can give too much. They always feel like they have this energy to really take care of. And so they can overgive. And so when you can kind of teach a five line that they really need to be asked and do they have the energy to fix is, is something that I always work with on five lines. Interesting. Why did the five line pop up for you? I just always, I, I, that's one that I love to share. A three line is kind of doing their own thing anyways, right? So a three line is like, I have to, even if I tell them what they are, they're like, I have to try it out on my own. They're just trial and error, right? Like they're always trying. We can just keep going a two line. They're kind of the hermit. So we have, we're both six twos, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this kind of, a two line has these natural abilities that they came in with. They're so natural that people are always telling them how good they are at things. And it's like, but anybody can do that. I struggle with that with human design, even when you, like you said, oh, I think people. You know, human design is kind of a, it's like, yes, I did study it for six years, <laughs> but it still can, isn't, picking up these systems is kind of natural for me, right? Like I naturally am drawn, I, I, I get excited and then I kind of go within and I learn and learn and learn until somebody kind of pulls me out. And that's what the two line is always, they kind of want to work on their gifts and they always need somebody to pull them out and say, ooh, I think you should share this. So if you're two line, 
really, you have to listen to those people that say you're really good at this. You have to listen to those people that say you should do this, right? Mm-hmm. Because it kind of feels so natural to you that you're like, and that it does feel a little harmony, especially like a 6'2", because we're in that on the roof phase. It really kind of has that energetic of pulling back a bit and wanting to kind of observe and to work on the gifts and the different things. So really listening for the call to come out and share. And then the one line. I love a one line, too, because I love knowledge and I love information. And a one line really loves to investigate. They're always like they just need this really strong foundation first before they feel safe or comfortable to come out with something. So they're really good at getting all the details and and kind of building from there. And so the, then you can combine them, you know. So 5-1, they want all the details. They know everything. And then they want to use that information to help help people fix people. The 2, they're kind of naturally gifted. And then combined with, you could have like a 4-2 or a 6-2 or, you know, so you can kind of combine these and see how they stack up. Amazing. I mean, if anybody starts looking at human design, it is like you might go cross-eyed for a while because there is so much information. So where is a great starting place? Is it just learning the profiles or? Yeah, I, I think that it, it it's a great place because there's only six, you know, six to, to kind of learn. You can kind of learn the energetics of those six lines. The first number is kind of what you really can more identify with is your personality. And the second line is more subconscious. Mm. And so it's just kind of there. So so you can kind of see those and then just start pulling the chart of your family and different people and look and see if you can see that in them. And, and maybe if you can accept how they are different or how they're similar. We do usually have some harmonics in the profiles. So you are usually drawn like a 6-2 and a 6-2, are usually drawn together. The system gives us more tools to identify, ooh, no, what's the beauty in this design? What's the beauty in my design? And when you can really feel good about yourself, why you came here, then it's so much easier to appreciate when other people are being authentically themselves. It's so expansive. Yeah. So you're sharing a lot of benefits of understanding design already just in relationships. And I'm curious if you have specific ways it's helped you on your own path, maybe with family and relationships or maybe in your own health and well-being. Yeah, it's it's helped me in so many different ways. First off, I I mean, I was always kind of this kid that came here, like loving self-development. I always I, I would haunt that line when I, you know, like go in that little section and and read all the things. And and uh, and I was always curious. I'm I'm a Gemini. I've got a Mercury in Gemini. I'm always curious. And then I have an open head. And so when you have an open head, you're just constantly feeling pressure to know and learn. Right. And so before I knew this, I was just constantly trying to learn and figure out, and why am I doing it? And I'd, I'd find something, and, and I was always trying to find the answer. And I, I really felt that I was going to find, like, the health fix, right? Because as I got older, health started dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. I always had kind of stomach aches as kids and, and things like that. But then after I had kids and I was in the military and, and just, you know, just worn out generally. 
I was always trying to figure out like the perfect diet, the perfect supplement, the perfect thing. And I was going to figure it out and then I was going to share it and I was going to go be a dietitian. And, I, you know, I went to the university for to learn about health and, and, and I was going to be a health coach. <laughs> and it's like, but I couldn't figure it out. Right. And so I just kept gathering tools. I would learn tapping. I would learn meditation. I would learn. And I would just find these tools. And my friend and I ended up after we graduated from college, we were both in the military. So we had this GI Bill. We had a little bit left and we went to the University of Atlantic University for transpersonal psychology. And you learn about dreams and meditation and, and all this wonderful stuff. But we also learned about human design and Enneagram. You know, like we learned some of the tools. And it really triggered something in me. And then I kept hearing podcasts talk about human design. And I would dive in and then I'd put it away and then I'd dive in and then I'd put it away. And when I really sat down, by that time, I'd gotten a nine to five job because I still didn't know how I was going to create this, you know, wonderful coaching. What, what was my point of view? What was so I'm, I'm nine to five job, just constantly consuming, you know, human design podcasts or health podcasts or all the things. And I really started learning the mechanics of human design. And it finally, I, I just couldn't figure out why I would get so excited about something and then it would fall off. And then I get so excited and then it would fall off. And, and the open head and the root, the adrenals and, and even human design teaches you how you take in food. And when I really started like slowing down and taking this in at a cellular level, I understood my emotional waves is here. Like I'm a manifesting generator. I'm here to learn all the tools so that I can utilize them for other people. I'm here to, uh, to get really excited and learn this information. And when I drop off a cliff, it's not because it's, oh, everything's so terrible. It's because I just utilized all this energy to learn and to grow from this. And now I need to take a step back and let it integrate. And that's what my wave does, right? It's integration time. It slows me down. It lets me process. And then I can go back and, and keep learning. And it was like just taking all of these parts and then really seeing what my gifts are. Really understanding because I'm the cross of education. And I really just want to bring these tools to people. I feel like everybody should have access to this. This used to be something only for you know, very rich people or the queen would have, or, you know, like they would have these advisors that would help them understand the energetics and what's going on. And I feel like everybody should have this. Everybody should have this information. And so that's, it just gave me more clarity. I'm a generator. I'm here to respond. And when I let myself respond to the world and instead of like, I've got to figure this out with the mind, I can step out of the mind. I can say, this is what I want. I want more clarity. And then I wait for things to come into my path that I get to respond to in my correct way. Because you have, in human design, it gives you kind of that, that information. How do you respond? I love that. So it sounds like learning your own type has made you almost be more, rather than being surprised by the wave and taken on the ride with the wave, you can be more planful and intentional and also accepting that there is a wave and you know it's coming and so how to work with it well. Yeah, that's probably... not getting into my head, right? Not yes. being like, why, why'd you lose, you know, why everything sounds terrible now. When my low comes, I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to share anything. I don't want to, 
And I would get so upset with myself. Like, what? what's wrong? You're never going to be able to start a business if you feel this way, right? And it's like when you understand it, and now it doesn't even have to feel so bad because I, I, I lean into it. I'm like, ooh, it's just time to relax. <laughs> yeah, right. Beautiful. Have you had changes in your own health journey as a result of it? Yes. You mentioned stomach aches and all. So, yeah. I tried every every diet. Like, I was vegan. I was a vegetarian. I was paleo. I was autoimmune paleo. I had a lot of thyroid autoimmune markers when I went to the natural health places. And basically, when you're a manifesting generator and you've got all of this energy to create and you're not creating, you will get some thyroid issues. You will... You'll get burnt out. I had no energy. I couldn't do anything. And when I figured this out and I finally was like, okay, I have to let myself live this design, it was like, it was surrender. It was self-acceptance. It was allowing myself to, to be able to heal without trying to fix myself. And then I did find that I have calm digestion in human design, which is a design. When you have calm digestion, you're very... You're always on, right? You're, you're always energetically on taking in the energies of other people. And when you eat in a very energetic, charged area with a lot of people and a lot of noise and a lot of stuff going on, your body just can't digest very, very easily. And so it was kind of hard for me, but I, even when I worked a nine-to-five job, I started taking myself in a little area by myself. And I'd calmly take in a few breaths, say a little prayer over my food, and eat and still I'll go out to a restaurant here and there but I try not to make it it's more often than not I eat in my own space I will eat with my family I try to tell my husband to please take the energy down before he comes to the table because he can get real excitable you know I take a deep breath and I say a little prayer over my food and I just try to calm my system before I eat and I would have never thought that I was like a go-go-go where I could eat on the run I could <laughs> and it was like oh so that was a really big piece, too, for me. I think the surrender, the accepting myself exactly how I am, and then just that little tweak of trying to eat my own energy most of the time. I love that. And side note for everybody listening, that way of eating, not necessarily by yourself, but in a calm way, taking a moment to take a breath before you eat is good for all human design <laughs> types. I was just a guest talking about like how slowing down really fires up our metabolism. So I won't get into that here, but it's an important point that you're bringing yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's only one type that I might say maybe that and that's it, there's either calm digestion or nervous digestion. And there is a nervous digestion. And so that energy of, you know, maybe having a little bit of movement, maybe, you know, like the kid that wiggles a lot. Sure. Yes. Yes. Can be helpful for them. Mm -hmm. But that's the only type that I really see that wouldn't be a huge benefit for. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's the difference between using your own energy, like staying alert to your own energy and stress. Yeah. Like stressful yeah. eating, you know, never is, is, is never a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned burned out. And I know that, I mean, I, I feel like so many women, I've experienced this myself and I'm surrounded by friends who you know, especially in the last few years, have gone through stages of just feeling really tapped out. It's very interesting to me that working with your design may really be able to 
prevent burnout, even by not changing external situations so much as just understanding yourself better. I'm curious about what you can say about that. So so if you pulled up your chart and you saw that you're a generator or a manifesting generator, you create a ton of energy. They're they're the only types. It's about 70% of the population, so most people will be a generator or a manifesting generator. You create your own energy, but this energy is meant for creating things that you love, things that turn on your sacral. And so if we're doing a lot of things that we don't love, and even as moms, we don't have to win mom of the year, right? Like I find little things that I thought I had to do that I've not, I don't do anymore because it was really draining my tank and my kids didn't really care that much, right? Like it wasn't really that big a deal. But, but yeah, when we're doing all of these things and there's some things that I have to change my mindset around. There's always dishes. There's always laundry. There's always things that don't really light me up, but I try to find a, a little hack around it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I try to, ooh, this is kind of my downtime to to listen to this or to do this. Yeah. Try to find a way to to kind of have it light me up. And that's a trick for any generator type. Like finding ways to light yourself up is incredibly important because that energy creates the energy that goes out into the world and creates, right? Mm. And if we're just using that here, throwing it here and there, then we're gra- then we're having to grab from other places because that fire start- stops burning so bright. It's like, you're not listening to me. You're not doing, you know, like I have energy for this thing. I don't have energy for this thing. So it's really listening to that if you're generator type. If you're a projector type, you do not have that, that sacral filled in. You do not create the energy of the world. You do not create your own energy. Doesn't mean you're supposed to walk around being burned out or not having enough energy. But a projector needs to be very careful with how they use their energy. And this is their mental energy as well. Projector kind of sits on this this bird on a wire, this high place, and they can kind of see the bigger picture. And they're really good guides, right? They're really good at systems. They're really good guides. And when they give their up opinion or their genius to people that didn't ask for it, it really burns them out. Because people are like, I didn't ask for that, you know? And they're mm-hmm. like, this is my, you know, like, this is my life force. The projectors are really here to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. Anytime you meet a projector, they're working very hard because they want to feel successful. But they don't have to work that hard because they're naturally gifted in different things. And when they wait to be asked for that gift, they give it to the right people. They receive that feedback and they don't have to work so hard. They're very good at focusing. A projector really shouldn't work as long as a generator. Generators lit up. They can work 16, 18. I, I have done it before. You know, like I, I've got all these podcasts and I'm excited about them and I'm, I'm learning this and I'm learning that. And I've looked at 15 people's charts and <laughs> I can go all day. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want it doesn't really excite me to retire, right? Like I'm looking to find something that I can put out in the world forever because a generator really loves to create. They're here to create things. They don't really want to sit around twiddling their thumbs. Not that it's not nice to go to the beach every once in a while, but that's not like my dream, right? A projector, they need lots of time to go walk by themselves, to unplug, to not work as much, to read, 
to connect with people they love, to connect in their own space, to kind of clear that sacral out of all the sacral energy that's, you know, they're not really here to work as hard, right? They're very focused and then they need to unplug and do their own thing. Uh, we do have manifestors. That's 8% of the population. They just, they get an idea, they go do it. They're really going to be in like the CEOs or the idea, the fire starters. They don't have a ton of energy to keep going either. A lot of manifestors might think that they're lazy because they like get a hit and they go do it. And then they just kind of want to go sit in their own space and relax. And that's okay. And when they're really using it in an aware, focused way, it's perfect. It's perfect. And then the reflectors are 1% of the population. They're really different every day. My best friend's a reflector. I love to kind of dispel the myths that reflectors are so sensitive and they have, they are sensitive. They're open in every center. They don't, they have all the centers open. They're really good at facilitating. They're really good at like feeling the energy of a space. But they're different every day. So they really need to wait until something comes to them over and over and over to know if it's, it's good for them. It's really interesting to hear these different work styles in a society that's built on excessive productivity, just constant productivity. And I'm wondering if you have noticed if there's one type who is more prone to burnout, just because like our society is not built around go do it and then take a big break. And that's totally fine. Our society, I feel like the way I've been plugged in is like, keep, keep going, keep producing. The more you produce, the more you can produce and keep it up, keep it up. So I'm curious about the burnout piece with certain types. I think that the theme here is, are you doing what lights you up? Are you doing what you intuitively know that you have the space and the energy for? Hmm. And otherwise, you're probably burnt out. Uh-huh. And society doesn't really let us, you know, feel comfortable with saying, hey, I'm, I'm burnt out. This, this project doesn't bring me joy. If we could even take this into, because there are generators and projectors that love, you know, numbers or love, you know, like love the things that maybe don't light me up. But if we were allowed to kind of come together with this deep understanding of, ooh, this really lights me up, I'll take that piece. Ooh, this really lights me up, I'll take that piece. And kind of create this really beautiful working environment where we can kind of utilize our skills and utilize what lights us up and utilize and understand, you know, how our energy works and how other people's works and we could really create a beautiful thing. That's why I love sharing human design. I just love to shout it from the rooftops. I'd love everybody to understand their design because it's a quilt work. A, a, you know, like this beautiful patch quilt. Like if everybody's doing their part, it's like this beautiful thing. But if, you know, all the browns are over here and all the, you know, like we want to kind of spread our genius. We want to connect with people. And if we were loud, we would naturally form that way when I allow myself my my body my unconscious just naturally draws in what's good for me as you were talking I was like huh so I wonder if Angela was creating a commune or starting a business (laughs) (laughs) if you would have like a list of if you would know like which types you would want and you would want it to be varied so that you can have different skill sets present I would want every type. I would want at least one reflector. If the reflector is unhealthy, my commune is unhealthy, right? Like they reflect the energy of the group. You want a manifester to kind of fire everybody up, you know? Uh-huh. And then you want these generators that are excited about what they're doing to to do the lifting and then a projector that can kind of 
make sure that we're guided. My mom's a projector Mm -hmm. and she's been working most of her life in a generator world as a projector. So she's Mm. burned out. I keep telling her, just retire. You're going to have a whole new outlook on life when you allow yourself to relax. You know, she's like, well, that just everything exhausts her right now, right? Like, just give yourself a year and you'll be a different person. Just wow. follow your design for a year and you don't know what you'll be capable of creating. Is she following your advice? She's really thinking about it. She's a Capricorn awesome. too. So. so they really, you know, it's like, oh, I, I got to work, you know. And she had, you had that 4037. It really loves community. It really loves their people, their family. But it also kind of feels a need to take care of. And yeah. so she really struggles with retiring. She keeps saying, well, what if I don't have the money to take you out to lunch? I'm like, I'm an adult. I don't need you to take me out to lunch. <laughs> I'll take you. To- yeah. One of the things that she thinks about because mm-hmm. she does have that really strong, like, taking care of. Yeah, It's just, it's very hard for her to kind of give that, like, I, I create money and I take care of. It's kind of how I love. Right? Like, it, yeah. it just, it's in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can resonate with that for sure. You know that I am a big fan of morning routines, and I want to hear about your morning routine. But before we do that, I'm curious how human design, how knowing our type can guide us towards, like, does it guide us towards, like, what's an optimal way to spend those first few moments in the morning? I I really love human design, mostly because... Generators love something to respond to. I love something to respond to, right? So it gives me more energy to say, ooh, okay, this feels good. So for me, I I have a left arrow. When we like if you'll pull up your chart and you might see these arrows kind of around the head center. And that first top left arrow tells us if it's pointed to the left, it tells us that routine is really kind of good for us, right? If it's pointed to the right, it tells us that. That doesn't mean that routine isn't good for us. It means that flowing with your energy is really good for you. Right arrow is very yin. Left arrow is very focused. So that's one place I start with, right? And so it's like, okay, am I trying to focus when I should be seeing where my energy is, right? Mm-hmm. My my left arrow is turned on so much that as soon as I wake up till the time I go to bed, I never stop thinking, right? <laughs> That's, that need to intake information is nonstop. This also makes you really want to make sure you're feeding yourself regularly. So if you have a left arrow there, fasting for long periods of time isn't a great idea for you, right? So I always have protein in the morning. I, oh, I'm a female. Females, the protein in the morning is a good thing, I think. And then I had that left arrow. So protein in the morning is really good to start my brain fired up. I then like to have my coffee and I like to learn something. I really love to learn in the morning. Just my favorite time. My mind is so turned on. I want to take in something. So I learned something. So another place I would look in the chart. So I kind of look at that arrow and see, should you kind of be flowing? Do I have energy for this right now? Do I not? Should you make sure that you're well fed and then you kind of have a routine that that I then look to see if they have a five in their chart. So if you see your sacral and there's a little five line there, routine keeps you safe. These are the people that do it the exact same way. They like their routine exactly the same way. If you have a 15 there, 
you might need a little bit more flow. You have a 15, I have a 15. I don't know about you. If you like a little bit of flow with your routine, I like to change it just a little bit. Do I have a routine? Yes. Do I like to change it a little bit? Yes. You have a 35, I have a 35. 35 loves change, right? Like it wants to try new things. I saw you do the water bowl challenge. I love that ice, putting my face in the ice thing, you know. So yeah, I love to kind of look at these things. What do you have? What's your energy like? What would be a good routine for you? And, and kind of give people something to play with. But I'll say when I'm feeling stuck, I make sure my routine is on, right? I get up and I meditate every single morning when I'm feeling stuck. I connect in first thing in the morning and I do a little bit of automatic writing, which is when I ask, you know, any guys, anybody, anybody out there, like, let's, let's give me some direction of feeling like stuck or I'm not sure. And I'll do that for 30 days. I'll, I'll, I'll make it a point because that's a time that you might just kind of lose, you know, like lose the momentum. So I'll do something like that. But most of the time there's just I make sure that I drink water every day. I make sure I have my protein every day. I make sure that I walk when it's nice out. And if it's not nice out, I'm making sure that I'm doing some kind of hard yoga routine or something to move my body. These are things that I, I fix into my schedule, but I don't ever do it exactly the same way, right? Totally. Yes. So those I, are kind of the things that come up for me. I think it's kind of fun if anybody's into astrology, you can look at your sixth house as well. And the sixth house is everyday routines. You don't have to have any planets there. It's just whatever sign is on the cusp of that sixth house. And that'll give you a little bit of information too, like you're a Taurus on the sixth house, which means that like routine kind of has to feel like yummy and a little luxurious for you. And like my friend that has a sixth house, Taurus, she doesn't love to do breakfast, even though she needs to. So I, I was like, well, what would feel really luxurious? So she started making herself this collagen tea with honey and raw milk and like, and it feels really luxurious to her. And so she'll do it every day because mm. she loves to feel that kind of luxury or a bath or like these really yummy things. Like a Taurus loves that. Also movement. It's an earth sign. So yoga and movement, walking every day is really good for like a Taurus sixth house. But you have an air sign on the sixth house, like a Gemini. You're the person you're on like phone having these juicy conversations. That kind of warms you up. Reading every day might warm you up, like maybe some fiction some days, some nonfiction, like a lot of different things. Or if you have a fire sign, maybe singing, dancing, really getting fired up might be really good for you. So those are some things I'd look at just to give people ideas of what might be really nice for them. But yeah, I, I think that there's a certain level of give right mm -hmm. like i like to be intentional every day but i love that so is there any you know i th i think for me a morning routine doesn't have to be the same every day and i resist anything that's the same every day and you probably know that about <laughs> me just by looking at that but there are some key components that are important to me and what i think is the most important thing about a morning routine 
or a ritual. Some people are very like, don't like that word routine, right? So a morning ritual is just a sense of like tuning into ourselves rather than turning our attention outward right away. Yeah. Is there a sign that doesn't benefit from just taking a moment first thing to check in with themselves? Uh, if you have a sixth house Aries, you might be a little resistant to that. An Aries, you know, in the sixth house might really want to like get out there and like connect with people right away. <laughs> but other than that, I really do think that that's a healthy. I right now I'm making lunches for kids first thing in the morning and getting them out the door. And so my morning routine starts as soon as they leave. <laughs> yep. But when I worked outside of the home, I got up. 5.30 because I wanted my energy to be set before I walked out the door, before I interacted with people. And I think that's a very important thing. I also have a non-negotiable. I don't pull up like social media or any noise. I don't watch the news. I don't, you know, like morning and night, don't take in that crap, right? Like all night long, you're going to be kind of processing and, and really connecting to your, your inner self while you sleep. I, I want that to be a really lovely time. Yes, absolutely. I love it. We've heard about your routine and a little bit about what others would benefit from. Is there anything that I haven't known to ask you about that you feel like is important for listeners to hear? I just would love anybody that's curious to to just take some time to look. Sometimes astrology speaks more to people, sometimes human design. I just think human design is a very accessible way. I know. There are a lot of components, but in, in you can have a reading if you, you wanted that we could really dive deep. But I just think that this, this if you're really curious, because I, I always want people to be curious, to not tell anybody they need anything. Sure. There is never, it's never a bad thing. It's never... It's always good to know yourself more, right? Like I just have so much trust in myself now because I understand what I have energy for, what I don't, how my body speaks to me, how, you know, how to clear out what's not mine. All of these tools have just helped me so much have this deep, deep understanding of myself. And that way I can go out into this world. We talk a lot, especially as women, about surrender. Women are should be better at this kind of yin way of life this receptive creativity right i wasn't able to do that until i really understood myself so deeply there's so much there about trusting the timing and trusting yourself that you have your own timing i think we tend to outsource what we should be doing based on what others are doing or what we feel like society expects from us i think about this as women, you know, being caught in the 24-hour cycle versus the 28-day cycle, which is much more relevant to us. And same with what you're speaking about. Like, we each have our own cycle within, like, human design and astrology. And knowing that better so that we can work with it allows so much less tension and struggle and so much more flow and ease. I love that you're really focused on helping people tap into that more. It's such a great gift that you're sharing. I've had the privilege of having your work and I learned so much about myself from it. So 
You're amazing. Tell everybody where they can find you if they want to learn more about human design and how it can impact their lives. Yeah. So I my website is evolvingonpurpose.org. So you can go there and that'll connect you. I have a podcast. You can kind of listen to the podcast. Sometimes I share people's human design. You can kind of jump in there a little bit. Otherwise, it's just guests that are really here to be on purpose. I do readings. So you can do just a real quick like purpose reading where I'll just tap in and give you your gifts. There's a longer where we can really go into your energy and how it works. And and also, of course, we'll do purpose or whatever you want to look at. There's a couple's reading if you want to see like your husband's energy, your energy, or you and a child. And then I have a family reading because I just love giving the gift of understanding your family better, how your energy interacts with theirs, what they really came here to do, what their strongest gifts are. And, and how it all interacts. So those are kind of my offerings right now. If you are a coach and you're thinking, man, I kind of wish that I knew human design. I, I'm thinking about doing some teaching to coaches. So email me if you're interested. So I have something to respond to as a generator. I really, um, I'm always waiting for the right timing, right? So If that sounds really wonderful to you, I'm looking to put together a group of women coaches and really teach them their designs and how to incorporate this. I also do a little bit of astrology. I think that the astrology can be really key. So if you want that in a reading, just say you're interested in that too. And I always teach the Gene Keys real quick at the end because it's a very beautiful way to self-study. So kind of all these tools that I I just love sharing them. I love it. Of course, links for all of those will be in the show notes. And we didn't get into Gene Keys at all because we could talk for days on human design and then for days more on astrology, right? So I love that you are bringing all these tools and making it easier and accessible to learn about ourselves through them. Thanks for being here, Angela. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you, Emily. If you're still listening, thanks so much for sticking around. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at emilygeiser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, Think good thoughts and go for them.